Good morning, home church. How's everybody doing this morning? If you guys are excited to be here, let me hear those horns. You guys can do better than that. Yes, yes, yes. Guys, it is so good to see everybody here this morning. What an amazing day that we have planned for you this morning. Um, just uh, an entire time of celebration, really. We have new members that we're going to be accepting into our church this morning. We've got about 12 or 13 new members that are becoming part of our family. Let me let me hear those horns, guys. That is amazing. Guys, we are also very, very blessed this morning to have our district superintendent, Reverend Steve Scott, with us this morning. Guys, I, I can't begin to tell you how excited, how proud I am. This morning, we get to install our new senior pastor, Pastor Carlos Garcia and his family. Hallelujah. Guys, what an amazing day. What an amazing time. If you guys are ready to get this started, if you guys are ready to worship God this morning, let me hear those horns. Get excited. Thank you so much. Uh, we don't have any announcements this morning. We're going to go right into worship. I'm going to turn things over to uh, Josh and our worship team this morning. God bless you. Here we go. Yeah. 
Morning, home church. Welcome. So great to be with you today and to share in this special moment. In the Church of the Nazarene, we're very intentional about a special ceremony in a moment like this to acknowledge that the church board has made their recommendation and the church body has voted and we come in this to officially acknowledge the beginning of the ministry as senior pastor of this church of um, Carlos Garcia. I want to read a scripture to you that sets the tone for the significance of this moment. In Ephesians 4 we read, As a prisoner for the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Pastor Carlos, I'd like for you to just stand with me right here by this small display that most of you can't see from where you are. But I wanted Pastor Carlos to be able to visualize the significance of this moment. Before us here today are some elements of pastoral service that are not only symbolic but literal in the life and ministry of a pastor. First and foremost and primarily we have the Word of God. And Carlos, I would just say to you today, let this be the source from which you faithfully proclaim new life, abundant life, and eternal life through Jesus Christ. There's a container of water here to represent the sacrament of baptism. 
through which people are led to a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. That will be a great thrill in your ministry. There's a small loaf of bread and a cup to represent the sacrament of the Lord's Supper through which people are encouraged to celebrate a Christ-centered life. We have tithing envelopes here to symbolize the need for you to teach us to be faithful stewards of all that God has given us. There's a small container designed to hold oil to inspire this church community to be a place of healing and reconciliation. There's a copy of the manual of the Church of the Nazarene which guides our mission and ministry. And finally, there's a, a candle that is a symbol of the light of the gospel around which we are to worship the presence of God. I present these to you today, Pastor, and encourage you to celebrate your calling through these elements. Now I'd just like to ask you, if you would, to read this statement to the congregation this morning. these elements of service and I covenant with you to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength to live before you with integrity and Christian simplicity, to encourage and equip you through the preaching of, the wor of God's word and the administration of the sacraments to honor my family as a faithful husband and father to care deeply for you and pray daily for you that we may grow up in all that Jesus Christ desires for our lives. Pastor, I encourage you to care for the young and the old, the strong and the weak, the rich and the poor, and by your words and through your life, just be a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. And to this congregation, I encourage you to willfully and prayerfully accept this pastor as your spiritual leader and to unite together in serving this community. And now if you received one of these when you came in this morning to the parking lot, I would like for us to read together a mutual covenant of the pastor and the congregation. Let's read this together. <coughs> we will commit ourselves to the great commission of Jesus Christ to go into all the world with the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will commit ourselves to obey the great commandment of Jesus Christ, to love God, love one another, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We will welcome people into our fellowship without regard to their economic or social status, race or nationality. We will faithfully communicate, unite in love, and pray together whenever conflicts arise in our community. We will participate in the mission and purpose of the Church of the Nazarene as we faithfully share the good news of Jesus Christ through our community. And I want to ask, uh, Pastor, if your family, uh, they would join us now, Ricky, uh, if you could come and join us. And I believe that uh, 
Arabella and Mateo and Carlos are going to be coming with you as well. And we'd like to take this moment to pray over them and for you to join me. The prayer that we pray today is a prayer of blessing. For them, it is a prayer of consecration. And as a congregation, it is also a prayer of anticipation for us. Imagine what God wants to do if we'll listen to him and be obedient to him. Would you join me in praying over this family this morning? <clears throat> Father, what an honor to stand in this place this morning, to know that you're present with us, to proclaim you in worship, and to uh, bless you as we uh, give ourselves to you and honor you with our lives. This morning, we're so grateful for the journey that we're on in this church. Many who have preceded this day and many who will come until you return. But for today, Father, we're grateful for this opportunity to pray this prayer of blessing over Carlos, as pastor of this church. Father, I pray that the word would just thrive in his heart and in his mind. I pray that the spirit would be his daily companion. And I pray the church would be the foundation from which he will be able to serve and lead us as we reach into this community and discover those who are living their lives without you and to bring them to a place of knowing you as Lord and Savior. I thank you this morning for this family, for Ricky and Arabella and Mateo and Carlos. Bless them, Father. Bless their home, their family as they grow together. May their home be a place of peace and a place of honor. And may you surround this family, Father, that as they too are a part of this community, that you would continue to grow richly and deepen their lives with your blessing. So we submit this to you today, and we anticipate all that you have for us as we listen and follow. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, we have a, a, a bouquet, I believe, that I'm going to present here in a moment that uh, comes to us from the church board this morning. Uh, I think uh, someone's going to help me here, possibly coming up those stairs. As, uh, as we do this, I know we've honked our horns already this morning, uh, and, uh, but that was just kind of the warm-up. I think this is the moment when we really want to tell this family not only we're glad they're here, but we're going to love them, we're going to pray for them, we're going to walk alongside them, and uh, would you join me now in congratulating uh, your pastor? Thank you, guys. I don't know who wants to say this. Is that okay? Arabella, nice to see you today. Thank you. Okay, good to see you guys.
It's official, Church. <laughs> So real quick, we're gonna, we have some exciting news. Um, it's, it's just an honor and a privilege to announce we have 14 new members. Um, they're gonna be joining us today, but um, a few couldn't make it. So when I call your name, if you could, come and take a place near, uh, right on an X. We have some X's here. And um, we will um, welcome you in to the church. So if I could have, it's uh, Andrea Michelle Delgado is out. Please come in and uh, join us here on an X. Amy Kruger. Donald Libby. Harry Lockwood. Christopher Marquez. Daniel Marquez. AJ Millam. Renan Orozco, Tanya Oswood, and we also have a few who weren't able to make it this morning. Dominic Rose, Mercedes Diaz, Agnes Zarath, and Leoni Gum. So if you can just be patient with me as I read this, the privileges and blessings that we have in a community together in the Church of Jesus Christ are sacred and precious. There is, in, it, it, in such hallowed fellowship, care and counsel as cannot otherwise be known apart from the family of God. There is a godly care of pastors with teachings of the word and the inspiration of corporate worship. And there is corporation and service accomplishing that which cannot otherwise be done. Today we affirm again the doctrines and practices of the church. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe that human beings are born in sin, that they need the work of forgiveness through Christ and the new birth by the Holy Spirit. To this there is the deeper work of heart cleansing or entire sanctification through the infilling of the Holy Spirit and that to each of these works of grace, the Holy Spirit gives witness. We believe that our Lord will return, the dead shall be raised, and that all shall come to final judgment with its rewards and punishments. Today we affirm again the agreed statement of the belief, the Church of Nazarene, that there is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the Old and New Testament scriptures given by inspiration contain all truth necessary to faith and Christian living, that human beings are born with a fallen nature and are therefore inclined to evil, and that continually, that the fi finally and eternally lost, that the atonement through Jesus Christ is for the whole human race, and that whoever repents and believes on the Lord Jesus Christ is justified and regenerated and saved from the dominion of sin, that believer, believers are to be sanctified, holy, subsequent to regeneration through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit bears witness to the new birth and also to the entire sanctification of believers, and that our Lord will return, the dead will be raised, and the final judgment will take place. Do you hereby believe these truths? If so, swear I do. 
Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you believe that he saves you now? If so, say, I do. Desiring to unite with the church of the Nazarene, do you commit to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself as expressed by the covenant of the Christian character and conduct? Do you commit the mission to the mission of God as expressed in the doctrine, fellowship, and work of the Church of the Nazarene? Will you support the teachings of the Church of the Nazarene and strive with God's help to grow in your understanding and practice of the same in the way that enchants the witness of the Church? Will you endeavor in every way to glorify God by a humble walk, godly conversation, and holy service by devotedly giving of your resources and by faithfully practicing in the means of grace? Will you follow Jesus Christ all the days of your life, abstain from all evil, and seek earnestly to, to perfect holiness of, of, of a heart and life in the fear of the Lord? If so, say, I will. Now, if you tell, just look at me real quick. I just want to say as your pastor, I welcome you into the Church of the Nazarene and the fellowship of this local congregation with its benefits and responsibilities. May the great head of the church bless and keep you and enable you to be faithful in all good things work, that your life and witness may be effective in care for the poor and oppressed and the leading of others to Christ. I welcome you, we welcome you to the Church of the Nazarene. Amen. So, thank you, Marcia. We have your certificates here. Let's give them one more horn if we can. Thank you so very much, guys. Welcome. Thank you for being patient in this heat. Oh, who's ready to worship Jesus? Amen. Amen. We can have the worship team come back up. We're going to sing a few songs of worship and uh, ask the Spirit of God just to be in our midst. We, we thank him for being here already, and uh, a few have asked, um, are we passing a plate, or how are we giving? If you have, if you've brought in a, your offering, a tithe, um, we would ask if you could please, when you're leaving, we do have a mailbox that now has a lot, and so if you, if you could, you could place it there, and we will, right after uh, the service, collect your, uh, your offering. So, this morning we... Uh, we want to pray as we receive the offering this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing. We thank you for the gift 
you've given us, your son. And this morning now is our turn to give back to you. Lord God, and I just pray, God, your blessing upon the gift and the giver. And Lord, I, I would just pray, God, that those who are, maybe things are a little tight right now, God, that you, they would just trust in you, Lord. Your word says, test me. And this morning, God, we just want to thank you, Lord, for always keeping your promise. Bless this offering. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children say, Amen. Amen. Thank you. 
God, you are great. You are greatly to be praised. We worship you this morning, God. We thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place, God, in this parking lot. Those listening on the podcast, Lord, we thank you. We ask your blessing, God, upon your word as we welcome our pastor, Reverend Steve Scott. So I've been asking the question, and uh, it's a question I've been hearing as well. I didn't originate it. I don't know who did, but the question is, who are the people of God at a time like this? Just think about that for a second. And one of the ways I have been looking for an answer to that question is in the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. As I read these words, I discover that he has a word for all time, for all situations, for all people, whether people know him or not. Here's what we know. God has made us, everyone, and designed us in a way that the only way we ever find fulfillment in life is by allowing him to be glorified through our lives. And we discover at times like this that not only are we designed to glorify him when everything is great, but we're designed to glorify him with endurance and with graciousness and with faithfulness, regardless of the season we find ourselves in, especially in August of 2020. So the question who are people of God at a time like this, is followed up by another question. Can there be blessing in a time of adversity? And I believe the Word of God says, absolutely. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus saw crowds gathering. He saw the cars coming into the parking lot, lining up. And he went to a hillside. And he sat down, and his disciples gathered around him. I think that's a, that's a significant part of this photo. And he began to teach. And one of the greatest gifts to the world, to the church, to the community, are the literal words of Jesus Christ. They speak to us. We can know God through them. They are like the blood that's running through our bodies right now, like the oxygen that is invigorating us right now. They literally are life, and they sustain us. Imagine the simplicity of the moment in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Jesus goes up on the hillside. He sits down. And prior to that, and from that moment, and beyond that moment... The world is literally changed. And I wonder, what could God do now with worship settings like this that have to be modified? Because out of a simple moment from a hillside, Jesus is speaking to us 
right now, about real fulfillment, about contentment in any condition of life. This is a message about what he said then. Doesn't just speak to us now, but it is the truth for us now. I hope we can hear these words in that way today. I have uh, selected about five of the nine, what we typically refer to as the Beatitudes this morning. So if you're one of those people that has to hear all nine for this message to be complete, uh, just fill in the blank when you get home. Don't, don't come to me afterwards and say, you missed four. I know I missed four because I only want to talk about five today. So here's one of the first things Jesus said that I believe not only spoke to them then, but it speaks to us now. Verse 3, he says, God blesses those who are poor, who realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Just remember, there is a canopy all over us right now, and it is the kingdom of heaven. In times of adversity, it can be very easy to dwell in a place of self-despair, to become poor in spirit. And one of the things as a church I want to call us to today at a time of installing a new pastor is we need to find the poor in spirit. Not just put up the banner, but we need to find where they are. Outside the church, amongst us, we need to reach out to them, become their family, help them discover that there is this kingdom of heaven right here present with us. The next expression I want to look at is in chapter in verse 7. Jesus said, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So let me make a statement that uh, I believe is not profound at all. It's about as obvious as anything I could possibly say. But these are days of frustration and anger. Can I get a horn on that one? Yeah, I kind of figured I could. <clears throat> We're inconvenienced in a lot of ways. But somebody, countless people, are still serving to protect the quality of life. And many of us gathered here today, we are those people. We're being challenged by all kinds of things, extremely inconvenienced, and yet there is a population of people that are continuing to serve us every day. I was out doing my yard. I do that every week. And I looked over at the mailboxes, and the postal service showed up. And everybody else is wearing a mask, and everybody's staying in their homes, and nobody's going anywhere. And I said to myself, wow, the, the postal people are still working, bringing me my mail. The people in the grocery stores... We tend to walk in and complain about the empty shelves, but there are people serving us in the grocery stores, in the drug stores, in the food services, <clears throat> in medical services. And I, I want to just highlight the fact that this right in front of us is a demonstration of mercy. For people who are experiencing adversity are getting up in the mornings and they're going to work to serve the community. I can't think of a better example of being merciful. And it counters the tendency of a lot of people to just 
I hope it's okay for me to say this, gripe and whine every day. Have you ever, have you ever noticed that the griping, whining people were here before COVID? They're really here during COVID, and the bad news is they're going to be here after COVID. It's and instead, when Jesus says, be merciful, you'll receive mercy. You'll be shown mercy. Instead, I would think that he's calling to us today and saying to us, be filled with gratitude for all that we do have in our lives. Be filled with gratitude because mercy is being extended to us in so many ways. In verse 8, <clears throat> Jesus said, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. And so I asked the question at a time like this, just, just how pure are we in these days? Are we pure because of our own opinions? Because of what we think is happening? Because of what we think the solution's going to be? Because of what we think we don't like about what's happening around us? Or is it because we want people in our world to continue to discover who Jesus is right in the midst of illness, right in the midst of the protests, right in the midst of the anxieties that are so prevalent in our day. God blesses those amongst us whose hearts are pure, who keep focused because we just sang it. We're not going to a place that will be void of God. It will be a different place. Times will be different. <clears throat> no question. One of my superiors reminded us a few weeks ago that prior to 9-11, traveling by plane was radically different than it is now. And everything that has to happen through security and TSA and how you carry what you carry and when you can go and how people can walk you to the front door of the airport but no longer to the gate. But his statement was, after all the changes we had to go to, here we are 19 years later and we're still flying everywhere we can around the world. So at some point, the people of God have to say in their heart and in their mind, you know what? God can do something with this. God can be present in this. Because as we just sang, all the earth will shout his name. That is going to continue to be the answer, the hope for who we are in our world. Because the pure in heart listen for God's will. They don't just simp simply say, well, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, therefore my opinion must be the most necessary opinion to be heard all over my community right now. No, the pure in heart listen for the voice of God. And they live not according to their own will, but they live according to the will of God. In verse 9, Jesus said, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Let's look a little bit deeper here at who are the people of God and who has God designed all people to be at a time like this. Because we, we may not feel very peaceful, but the calling for the children of God is not to join a movement for dismantling our world. Our call is to walk into our homes, into our conversations, into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, standing on the social distancing stickers of our world, 
and asking God to show us, how do you want me to be peace in this place, in this moment, in my life, in this place of business where I'm at right now? Do you remember the story following the resurrection of Jesus and his his followers were gathered in a room, and they were probably gathered in all kinds of rooms, but there was a specific room that got, they got some airtime in the Bible, and they were in this room. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears in the room. I have asked the question for myself, I wonder what the tone of that gathering was. I wonder if it had any similarities to us today. Gathered in our homes isolated in our cars, with our masks on, wondering what is going to be the ultimate answer for all of this. And Jesus walks into the room. And if the press had been there, they would have said, Jesus, we see you've risen from the dead. You had a great ministry. What would you like to say to these people today as your first words from the grave? And the first words out of his mouth were, peace to you. See, God blesses those who work for peace. They are, in fact, the children of God. Verse 10, the last statement about blessing. Jesus said, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And in our day right now, we get a little whiff of this. You know, for a few days, it was kind of novel. For a few weeks, it was kind of intriguing. For a month or two, it was a pretty tough lesson to start learning. After six months, we got a lot of irritated people around us. And we got a lot of questions, and we're really not sure what's in front of us. And when I read this statement of persecution, I, I can't imagine that we are really experiencing the persecution that so many have experienced not only in history, but who are, what are they are experiencing right now around the world. But there is a form of it amongst us. If anything, it is a bit of a mental, spiritual, persecuting challenge to be where we are. Is this a difficult time? Yes, it is. Are we deeply concerned about how our kids are going to continue their schooling in the future? Yes, we are. Is it likely that we will need to continue learning how to adjust what used to be normal in our world? Yes. Yes, we will. And in the midst of all of that, do we need to continue to be people of compassion for those who have been mistreated, for those who have been misunderstood, for those who are being vilified even when they're trying to serve our community? Yes. Yes, we do. So, how do we equip ourselves to discover all that Jesus is laying out for us from this hillside today? Because in a moment, we're going to put it in gear, and we're going to head down the road, and we're going to resume another type of new normal. And I want to give to you today what I believe would have been common then from the hillside and common now from this parking lot how do we equip ourselves? We begin by declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every morning, 
every afternoon, every evening, when we're watching the newscast, when we're reading the headlines, and it is so easy for us to get sucked into the black hole of thinking, this is a horrible time in which to live, when in reality, this is the time for people of God to live and to declare in the midst of it all, Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, he is. So, we pour out ourselves. We just sang it. We surrender ourselves to bring glory to our Heavenly Father. We rest in the fact that now and forever, the kingdom of heaven is here for anyone. It's here for whoever. It's here for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. To you as the church, to anybody who's listening, who may not feel like they're quite yet part of the church, here's the good news for today. While we don't know what's ahead, Jesus Christ is Lord. God is the sovereign creator and sustainer of all things. And so we continue to declare to people, maybe we even plead with them, don't get trapped by what isn't going to happen, but have a heart of anticipation and a spirit of anticipation that God is going to reveal amazing things to us if we remain faithful to him. Because God blesses people who honor him. Father, we thank you so much today because your word is the truth. Your word is the way. Your word is our life. I want to pray for anybody today, Father, watching or listening, who may be trapped in that place of despair, whose spirit may be very poor today. And I would pray, Lord God, that they would simply open their heart to you and welcome the kingdom of heaven to come and define their life to come and inhabit their home, to come and be their protector and their sustainer. And for those of us who know you today, Father, I pray your blessing on the homes that are represented here today, on the families. I pray for the children in our midst who are listening to parents and adults to get their cue. Do we have hope right now or do we have despair? Protect our children, Father that they will hear the deeper voice of you saying, you're mine. I know you by name. I'll care for you. And I'll also demonstrate amazing things as we continue to walk with you. I pray for the life and ministry of this church, Father, in this community. And every church in this community that proclaims that Jesus Christ is Lord. May this be a time, Father, that people can become fed up and disgusted with the negative news of our day, with the arguments from our country's leadership, from the people who have gone around and attempted to destroy cities, may we be awakened to the fact that you are present. There is a kingdom, and it is here, and it cannot be overtaken because it is the kingdom of heaven. And from that, may we live, Father, faithfully, triumphantly, and in peace because of who you are in our lives. I pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. So church, before you, we dismiss, would it be okay if Josh and I sang you a song on your way out? This song is called None Like You. It's a song that Josh and I wrote. And before we sing this song, we want to give praise to the God who is none like anybody else. And something that we forgot to mention, but is very important, I would say, to announce. Church, we are debt-free. Amen, amen. I want to thank Pastor Reverend Steve Scott this morning. Can we give him another horn for the message this morning? I want to thank uh, my mentor, Pastor Todd Reniger. We want to we wanna thank uh, Luke and everybody who got here so early this morning to set up. Amen. Amen. Let this let this song it's not let this song just speak to you as you as you dismiss. Um, just be patient with us. None like you. and honor you my king I lift my hands up high and I will sing your love cause Lord there is none like you you've changed my heart Lord you've changed everything it's overwhelming when I stop and think your love Cause Lord there is none like you And I, I want to praise you Lord And I, I want to lift you up I tell the whole world that you are my God, is Lord, Lord, there is none like you, there is none like you, there is none like you, your love, your love, Lord, is relentless, so warm and so true. Unfailing, never ending, God. There is none like you, none like you. There is none like you, there is none like you, no. And I, I want to praise you, Lord. Tell the whole world, cause you are my God, Lord, 
Church, have a blessed Sunday. We're here for you. We love you. Welcome. If you're new, if you're visiting with us, or if you're listening to the podcast, we want to welcome you to the Home Church of the Nazarene, where we are loving people to Jesus through discipleship, dedication, and duplication. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Amen.
Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning, then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Broadcasting? Yeah, just now. Uh, for some reason, this has a hold on. Oh, it's just the recording. 